Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. God is so good, isn't he? I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning, if you would, with me. Want to look at a few scriptures and uh, and share with you? I uh, especially noticed this morning. I guess I have seen it before, but never really paid a lot of attention to it. Is the sign out there on your? Uh, oh, there we go. The uh, sign out here says "Welcome back," and that's a, on the line of what I want to talk to you this morning about. Jesus gives this wonderful parable that uh, it never seems to get away from me and touch me. When he talks in Matthew 18, there along about verse uh, 11, he says, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, it is is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. He's talking about you and me there. He's not willing that you should perish. He's not willing that anyone should perish, but he wants you to come to him. He wants to be close to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants your fellowship. That's a beautiful thing in Christianity. When you study the other religions of the world, you don't find the closeness like that. You have a lot of what you can do, what you can accomplish, all these other things. In Christianity, it's just the opposite. It's what Christ did for us. It's what he wants to do with us, for us, and all of the wonderful things that God proposes to us. How wonderful is that to look upon that? The welcome back. I want to talk to you this morning about those that have walked away from the Lord that we no longer see sitting in our pews. For whatever reason, there are so many people out here that have either been discouraged or they have been hurt or they have been confused or they've run and stumbled into uh, various problems in their life. The Bible talks about this, the four types of seed, doesn't it? The sower went forth and sowed seed. Some of it fell uh, out in stony ground and it looked like it was going to do real well. But when the sun came up and trials and persecutions came, uh, they withered away. We've seen people like that. And it talks about the ones that the seed was thrown along by the wayside. And the birds of the air came along and stole it. And uh, they are no longer with us. And then it talks about the other two that landed in good soil. One uh, started to grow, but the cares of the world, called tares or weeds, choked it off. We see people like that. They've got involved with their boat, or they've got involved in a rotary club, or they got involved in something. And though there's nothing wrong with some of those things in themselves, it overtook all of their Christian relationships. 
with you and me and with the church and with God and with prayer, being involved in Bible studies, giving, being lending a helping hand, they no longer do those things anymore and they've just seemed to wander away. And then the last one is the one that is in there and begins to bear fruit. You're here this morning because you're probably bearing fruit. But I want to talk to you about the lost ones, the ones that have been uh, left out there. A lot of times you and I have said, oh, boy, isn't that terrible about Jim and uh, uh, Darla that got that divorce? Or, oh, boy, that's just, oh, boy, those people, they have just, boy, they quit coming to church and they're just a bunch of miserable people. And Boy, and we've said all kinds of things like that. You know what God says? I want to bring them back. I want to bring them back. And that's what we are to be. We are to be lovers of others. We are to be concerned. The greatest thing for Jesus Christ is that people come to know him. That's his greatest heart's desire. It should be our desire to have his desire in our vocabulary, in our heart, in our actions, is to bring back those who have escaped somehow or another the protection of the body of Christ and are now wandering out there in the, in the lost areas uh, of, of society. This morning I want to talk to you about three men that I know. The first man, his name is Clarence. Clarence, I met uh, when we pioneered a brand new church out in Fillmore, uh, California. And uh, I was talking about the people that these people had known. Uh, it was a small group that we started with. And so we said, who do you know that does not go to church now? And so they began to name off a few people. Oh, yeah, yeah. And someone said, Clarence and Brenda Ballinger. And I said, who is Clarence and Brenda Ballinger? Well, they used to come to church, and when we had the problems in the church, they, like a few others, they disappeared, and they never came back. And my first question was, did anybody go after them? Well, nobody said anything, so I took it, nobody had. I said, what does Clarence do? They said, well, he works for Southern California Edison. And uh, I said, what did he, how was he in the church? Well, he liked to pray for the sick, and so on and so forth. And uh, somebody else says, well, he's got his license to drive um, commercial vehicles. And I said, wow, do you think that he would like to drive the kids to the uh, uh, youth rally that we've got upcoming? And they all looked at me like I was nuts. This guy doesn't come to our church. But I said, we don't have a driver. And I said, where is he? I'll go talk to him. So I went over to their house and I talked to them. And I didn't say, why'd you quit church just now? I said, Clarence, you know, I'm the new pastor over here with some of your friends. And, and uh, we got talking and I said, uh, I understand you've got a class two driver's license. He said, yeah, I do. And he was very, very warm. And I said, boy, that's fantastic. I said, you know, I have a situation. I have no one in my church that can drive the bus that we've got. And I said, would you be interested in driving our young people uh, to the youth rally that's upcoming? I gave him the date and so on and so forth. I said, I'll buy you dinner afterwards or whatever. He said, oh, I'd love to. So he came and we went to the youth rally. And that night as he was sitting there and we got done and they had an altar call and stuff, Clarence got up and walked down to the front. And he began to weep, and he began to lift his hands. And it was a beautiful thing. Let's fast forward this. Five years later, Clarence is my right-hand man in the church. He was my technician and my sidekick for my radio ministry that I had during that five-year period. He would take the calls. He would pray with people. He would lead people to Jesus. Why? Because someone went after him and said, Come home, Clarence. You don't belong out here. Come home. We love you. We want you back. Oh, Clarence, come on. We have such a great time. And we talked about the good things. And I shared with him my vision. And a lot of times we'd step till midnight and talk about the things of God. And one of the problems that Clarence had had in his Christian life was the assurance of salvation. And he said, sometimes I struggle with that. 
And I said, okay, well, let's take a look, because the Bible's got the answer to all of your questions. And so I started him and one of the other guys off, and the other guy's wife off with reading the book of 1 John and making it plain so they understood. I said, the key to this book is the word, no. By this we know we are the sons of God. And I went through and I said, I want you first tonight, I want to take a few minutes, I want you to go through here and I want you to underline every time the word no or knowing anything that has the word no in it, I want you to underline it. And so they did. And when they got done, I said, okay, read me what it says. And before we got done that night, there was a peace that came in that room. The Holy Spirit brought the word and made it alive to them. And they all said, this has really helped me. Claire said, I've never noticed that before. I've never read that before. In the Bible, there's a key word to every book in the Bible. This is why we want to know our Bibles. Because it ends all of the, the mystery and the unknown. And it brings the Lord near to us. And so Clarence and his wife, to this day, are serving the Lord some 30-something years later. They are serving the Lord down in Dinuba, California. Helping and speaking and doing whatever they can. Giving. He was always a big giver. And he, he said, I don't know why I, it took me so long to come back. And I said, well, we thank God that now you are. And you're forever in the house of the Lord. Isn't that great? Another uh, man that I know named Mike. Mike uh, uh, went through a, a divorce, had four children, and uh, then his wife and him got remarried, and but it didn't work out and ended up divorcing again. And is uh, now up in his early 70s, and he lives just kitty corner from where my daughter lives. And Mike, this white-haired man, very sweet, wonderful man, would sit out and smoke his cigarettes out in the front yard with his big Labrador dog. He's an older dog, and he doesn't have a lot of energy. But one day, my daughter, went, or my, my, my youngest granddaughter, went by, the one that calls Grace uh, the white angel lady. <laughs> she loves that, Grace. She, she says, uh, she went by, and she said, oh, I like your dog. And he, she said, what is his name? And, and Mike looked up, and he began to get tickled by that. And he says, his name is Remy. She says, can I come in the yard and pet him? He says, oh, yeah. So she went in the yard, a little child to lead them, went in, and she pet Remy and talked with him and put his head in her lap, and she just made over him. And every time that she would come out and walk, walk, start to walk across the street, Remy would see her, and that great big baseball bat of a tail would go thump, thump, thump. <laughs> Mike knew that, that, that my granddaughter was coming over. Well, make a long story short, we, be, uh, we all began to talk to Mike and get to know him and, and uh, so forth like that. And he lived by himself. And his kids are all gone, and they're living in the world and so forth. And come to find out that Mike had walked away from the Lord years before. And he was discouraged, and his parents had died and, and left him with some money in a big house. And, but he just he'd had, really had nothing to really live for. He was thinking about moving back over to Hawaii where he used to live. And he wasn't sure, just the, the world seemed to be confused to him. And uh, so he got talking to him. So my daughter invited him to come to church on Sunday morning. And he says, only under one condition. What's that? That we go in my car. What kind of car you got to get us all in there? And I was up there that Sunday. Did a great big Cadillac. Oh, okay. Well, Remy had to go too. So Remy got in and he's a, he's a uh, one of these dogs that, you know, some people have to take care of them when they go places and stuff. Uh, yeah. And so he, uh, he, Remy got in there. And of course, he gets right in there up against uh, my little granddaughter. And he just loves her to death. And uh, so we get up there to church. And we're singing and, and just, you know, enjoying the presence of the Lord. And Mike gets in this, and big tears begin to run down his cheeks. He was home. And he said to me, as everything was done, we were sitting in chair. He said, I don't know why it's taken me so long to come back. I used to go to church, and I loved God. I don't know what happened. Mike, 
What's important now is that you move forward. And that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And that you can enjoy all that you've missed is still here for you. New people to meet, relationships, being able to help others, being involved, uh, uh, laughing and rejoicing and weeping with others. It's still all here. And he just wept. And so my daughter takes him food and uh, they, they care for him. My, my granddaughters go over and check on him and so forth like that. And he's, uh, we've got a saying now, it's called uh, get whatever you want. Because he has fallen in love with my granddaughters and my daughter as his own family now. And he says, I want to take you guys uh, uh, to go see a movie today and lunch. My daughter says, oh, well, well, okay, but we'll, we'll pay for it. No, no, I'm paying. And so he takes them out once or twice a week. He takes them to dinner. He takes them to movie theater. And the, the, here's the funny part. He says to the little girls, get whatever you want when they come up to the snack bar. So the oldest one, she orders pizza and she orders this, oh, about three or four things. And then he's bought them some clothes that they needed real bad, some other things. And so my son and I kid each other all the time. He'll look at me and say, get what you want. He's, those little girls, they've learned to just take advantage of that poor old guy. And, and my daughter was a little nervous about this. And she said, Mike, you know, you're just one of my, you know, please don't. He said, please, don't take that joy away from me. He said, I, I just love it. I love you guys coming over here. You cook food for me and help me and take me to my doctor appointments. And Remy just loves that little girl. And, and, and don't take that away from me. I have this to do it with. And so he's back serving the Lord because a little child had stepped in there and built a relationship with him. We never know, do we? Here he is, man across the street. See him, talk to him every once in a while. But no one had ever invited him to church in the five years he had lived there. Isn't that something? The third one is a man named Carl. Carl had spent from the time he was 17 until up into his late 50s, he joined the Navy and uh, saw action in World War II and so forth like that. And uh, he had uh, been in church as a little boy, but his parents had died when he was really young, and uh, he was sent into uh, uh, an orphanage at first, and then he was adopted out, then he went through several families, and by the time he was 17, he had it, he joined the Navy, and he just took off. And uh, when he got out of the service... There was a uh, family just next door to him that uh, began to know him a little bit. And they would invite him over for dinner. He had no family. These are wonderful Christian people in Ventura. And they invited him over and they'd have him for dinner. Or if they were going somewhere, they would invite Carl to go with them. Never pushed anything on him. Just became a friend to him. Cared about him. And uh, the, the lady, a couple of years or about a, a year later from when they started seeing him, and he knew they were Christians, the lady developed a... Uh, uh, a, a, a physical condition which was incurable, lupus, and she died. And at the funeral, he was so moved by this wonderful lady and her husband. He listened to the pastor speak about her charitable deeds, about her love for Jesus and her love for other people. It began to get home. And Carl's sitting there, this great big strapping old Navy chief, sat there and began to weep. And he didn't know what was going on with him. And Bill reached over to him and he said, Carl, the Lord is talking to you. Instead of weeping and just missing his, his wife, he reached over and ministered to Carl. and said, Carl, this is the Holy Spirit touching you for this moment in your life. Will you open your heart today and let Jesus come in? He said, I don't, I don't know. And he said, it's okay. All you have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Help me to know you. And so right there at the funeral, old Carl was moved and touched and Bill took his hand, and they prayed together a sinner's prayer, and he got saved. Fast forward, six months later, big old Carl, the old ex-Navy guy, 
was smoking his cigarette. He hadn't kicked a cigarette out yet. Bill never said a word to him, just loved him. Was sitting out there and began to have some chest pains, and he was worried. So Bill took him to the doctor, and they ran a bunch of tests and found out he had lung cancer. Within the next 90 days, Carl would be off to heaven. In that short span that they got to know each other and everything else, Carl won the heavenly lottery and is in heaven today. Why? Because somebody stepped out of their zone and reached out to him and loved him and included him and brought him to Jesus. You know, there's so many people like this in our world. If you look around, some of you will remember somebody that used to attend here, and you're not sure if they even go to church now, what they're doing. Those are the people the Lord wants us to go after. Oh, church, hear it this morning. We have souls that need to be brought back into the fold. Lost sheep that need love, need care, need some attention, just need an encouraging brother or sister to tell them, hey, you're okay. Hey, I like you. Hey, come and join us. Come on back. Come back. We've got our arms open waiting for you. And most of all, the Lord is waiting for you. Praise the Lord. Paul told Barnabas at one point, after they were at Antioch for this great big meeting, he said, hey, let's go back out to all the churches that we established here the last couple of years. Let's go back out and visit all of them and see how they do. Isn't that neat? Let's don't just see people, get them saved, and that's it. Let's follow up. Follow up is one of the missing ingredients in churches. It really is. You know, somebody told me here a while back, they said at our church, they said, you know, I, I think if I miss church, well, actually I was, I was gone a couple of weeks, and when I came back, nobody said a word to me. How much nicer it is when you come back after being gone, somebody sees you and says, oh, I've missed you. I hope you were okay. Uh, isn't that much better? Yes. You see, but a lot of people quit because they feel like they don't have a place in the church. Nobody really cares about them. And other situations the devil brings in their life, brings discouragement, hope. And then it's the church, those people there. Nobody cared about me. I was never invited to this or that. That's not what God wants. God loves us. He wants to inhale us and put his arms around us and bring us all together and get us to do that with each other. Love one another. And so what is Christ's mission on earth? To seek and to save those that are lost. That should be our heart too. I have people tell me all the time, I just, I just can't get up to witnessing. So, well, here's another way to do it. Find people that used to attend and don't attend anymore. That's a good way. Get those people back in your life. Make them feel comfortable. Greet them at the door. Go out of your way to help them. And watch what begins to happen. God has such a plan for us, it's just unbelievable. And we just uh, we look all the time at, at ways that we don't want to help people. Being a Christian should exceed all of the other things out there. As, as some of you know, I have a ministry that I started about three and a half years ago of giving food to people. And we uh, are part of a network, uh, a big network in Ventura County called Ventura County Food Share. Food Share goes out and gets farmers and different people and stores and, and all that, gets them to give them their food. Some of it's coming right up on the date when it'll be uh, not good and so forth. And we go get it. And we have Thursday nights when we put it out. And we have anywhere from about uh, 50 to 100 cars show up with families and people of all different types, sizes, shapes, and everything. And uh, we, uh, we give the food out. And I was talking to one of the ladies that came through the other day, and I said to her, I said, Millie, I said, you know, we would sure love to see you on Sunday morning. I said, I, I, I'm not pushing on you. And she looked at me and she said, you know, Charlie, I haven't been in church in so long. And she says, it would be nice to come back to church. It was that easy. And I thought, wow, isn't this like the Lord? Yeah. She's come through there week after week and I would see her and we would wave and, you know, but I'd never talk to her. I'd just confronted her with an invitation. 
And there she was Sunday morning. I got a text this morning. said, Millie was in church again this morning. Isn't that great? See, isn't that great? And when you see these people come in, you light the smile up. So good to see you. I'm glad you came. Come sit with me or whatever. And these are, there's so many stories I could tell you of people who were the hundredth sheep that were lost and the Lord brought them in through somebody like you or me. It's a wonderful experience. I want to tell you something of all the ministry and traveling overseas and visiting other cultures and all these things and being in penitentiaries and preaching all these different places, the wonderful experiences I've seen, there's still nothing like seeing a person come back to the Lord. Those tears, that feeling of acceptance again, to me is one of the top rated things that you can do. I've witnessed that oh so many times. Not enough. I just pray the other day, Lord, help me with some people that I've been praying for. They would come back, that they would know you. I've got a little uh, physical therapist, and uh, uh, she no longer works at my chiropractors, but while she was there, I began to share with her a little bit, and she began to tell me a story of her life. And when she was growing up, her mother and stepfather were evangelists, and they traveled all over and preached everywhere. And she said her, her stepfather uh, passed away, got cancer and died. And her mother developed, a, uh, the next year the mother developed a big cyst on, her, on the crown of her head, uh, a big tumorous, and they couldn't operate. And she lived the next several years with pain all the time. And she says, why would the Lord allow that to happen? They worked for him, they labored. And see, that was keeping her from church. And I said to her, Diane, I don't have an answer for that. I don't have an answer for that. But I do know that doesn't change the love that God has for you. You see, because your mom right now, for that which seemed a lengthy time and a lot of pain, your mother right now is up there with Jesus. And I says, you know what? For her, I said, Diane, it's not going to be the same without you there with her for all eternity. And her eyes wadded up with tears. I haven't seen her come back yet, but I keep praying for Diane that she will come back to the Lord. And that God, here's the other one that God will send other people across her path. Now mark this. In your prayers for these people, pray the Lord will send other people across her path, their path. And that God will make circumstances where they will be found. You see, I heard a funny story one time. Uh, I was reading some, today I thought I'd give you a couple of funnies. And I was reading some of the lost and found uh, stories. And... Uh, there was, and I turned a page, and I went the wrong page, and I thought it was on Lost and Found, but it was about a man and his little boy. He's got a little, a little redhead boy, and they were at this church, and they got there late, and uh, they came in the back door, and the little boy would hang on to his dad's hand, and uh, it was just a little little guy, but he's one of those little guys, the, the story goes, that he was always seeing stuff he shouldn't see, and hearing stuff he shouldn't hear, and he would say things he shouldn't say. Anybody know somebody like that? Yeah, we have a friend like that, don't we? He's down the river. Anyway, that's the third third part of us. So he says that they had to go around the back because the place was so jammed, they snuck in this little side door. And so they were there, and while they're there, the little boy's looking around, holding his dad's hand like he does, you know, hardly staying still. And he's, all of a sudden, he turned around and looked behind him. And then he looked back, and then he looked behind him. And he says he'd look one place, and then he'd look another. Dad couldn't figure out what, what was going on. So finally, he turned around to look, and he said there was this enormous woman. She was just, God bless her, but she was just enormous. And the little boy was looking at her and looking at the door. And finally, he let go of his dad's hand, and he says to the woman, he says, Hey, he points to the door, he says, How'd you get in here? <laughs> the dad said he felt like getting down and crawling under one of the pews. Funniest things happen in church, don't they? 
Oh, my goodness. Yeah, how'd you get in here? He couldn't realize how she could get through the width of that door. Well, you know, the door is wide. And it's ready for you to come home. And if you're here today, by chance you came today, and you haven't come back, I want to invite you along with this congregation to come back to Jesus. We want to say welcome back. There's a song that was written uh, by Chuck Gerard and the Love Song Group uh, years ago, and I want to read you the, the um, lyrics this because I just love this song. And uh, let's see if I can get it real quick here. This was written by these guys, and when Chuck Smith, Pastor Chuck Smith, the Calvary Chapel uh, pastor, uh, had these guys uh, come the first time, it was a real funny story, I don't want to go into it, it'd be too long, but they came and sang this, or they sang it for him, he wanted to hear what they sounded like, and he says he just broke, and he started weeping when he was telling it, but here it is, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the things that you once believed in. Welcome back to what you knew was right from the start. All you had to do was to be what you always wanted to be. Welcome back to the love that is in your heart. I know that you thought you could turn your back and no one could see you in your mind. But I can see that you know better now. You never were the untruthful kind. Yes, and I'm so happy now to welcome you back. Sometimes you just don't know what you're missing. Till you leave it for a while. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Jesus. Isn't that good? The beautiful song. It's uh, I've played it for people and had people listen to it. and It's ministered to a lot of people. It's a very simple song, but so meaningful. Welcome back to Jesus. I want to ask you this morning, if you're here and for whatever reason you've just been unfaithful and you've been away, I want to ask you to come back this morning. The first thing you ought to do is say, Lord, forgive me for allowing things in my life that's driven me away. I want that energy again. I want to do something, Lord, for you and your kingdom. Lord, receive me this morning. I guarantee you, he will. He's looking for you because he told us. He was the shepherd. You know, uh, Jacob on his deathbed said, the Lord has been my shepherd all this time. And then David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or I won't be in need. And then he says again in Psalm 100, we are the sheep of his pasture. We are his sheep. And then Jesus in John 10 says this. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You realize that? You're a sheep. And you have a shepherd to lead and to guide you through everything in life. And you don't, there's going to be people, if you don't make it, there's going to be people say, just wouldn't be the same if you are not there in heaven with me. I look forward to meeting my mom and my dad and, and Larry's dad, who was so instrumental in my growing up in our Sunday school class and the other things, always would sit down with us and laugh, the sense of humor. I remember I was going through a very dark place in my life after he died, and I was out jogging in the morning about 6.30 in the morning, up along, and I realized Clarence Mulkey was buried right there, just over that brick wall there a little ways. And, I, and I, when I started to come back, I heard him say, Charlie, don't give up. And it was as clear as if somebody said it out loud. And it startled me. I don't have an answer for that, but I know that that turned me a different direction. Began to trust the Lord even more during that dark time when I was alone. Seemed like everything was ripped out of my life. There it was. There are people like that I'm looking forward to meeting and seeing up there. Aren't you? Yes. Amen. Yeah. And, and John says it this way. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into your heart. 
the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You can't, you've never seen it. You can't hear about it and understand it. You can't, you can't even conceive it in your heart. It's way beyond our ability to know what heaven is going to be like. So welcome back this morning. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you because you are so loving to us. You don't let us go our way, Lord, without confronting and loving us and calling us back. Lord, we pray for two things today, Lord. First, we pray for anyone that is here that just isn't there yet. Maybe they've been making little steps, or maybe they're so far out there they thought they couldn't come back, but you're here today to love them back into the fold. And Lord, we pray secondarily for all of us that we will have people on our hearts that have left for whatever reason, and people maybe that we don't even know will come across them, and they will tell us that they have been away. And Lord, give us the strength and the words and the care and the love to nourish these people and love them back into the kingdom of God. And Lord, we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus this morning, amen. Amen. I want you this week to think about somebody that you know that is not serving the Lord. We're not saying they're they're backslid or we're just saying they're not serving the Lord. Or maybe they are living in sin. Not to punish them, but to love them. See them, invite them, care about them, be a friend to them. Take them food or take them to coffee. And that's what my daughter did. And there's Mike sitting in church weeping, saying, I don't know why it took me so long to come back to Jesus. Welcome back to Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you this morning.